This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Grecian's Gossip. Um, no down with us today, so again, I'm joined by David Byram. Hi. And Jamie Hall. Hello. A um, few bits to discuss. I guess uh, Mansfield Town away this coming weekend is the first place to, uh, to start. David, it's a massive game, isn't it, for City? I mean, just how important do you think it is for their sort of playoff hopes? Um... I'm difficult really it's so close that you can't really say a loss would rule anything out but uh, you know a win would, would give them huge confidence and I think it would you can't really say it would, would sort of take Mansfield out of the reckoning for the playoffs but it would give them a, a four point buffer over Mansfield and that at this stage of the season with, with six games left after that it's uh, that is huge so I think it's probably bigger for Mansfield than it is for City in that respect because Mansfield are the team trying to catch them up but um, yeah, it's, it's obviously a huge game for both sides. But uh, I, I wouldn't say it's a, a, a must win. It's more it's a six points and not a must win. Yeah. I'd say it's a must not lose. Cool. Uh, possibly, but you know, even then, they're still two points behind Mansfield, aren't they? And it's you know that can be overturned in one one game. So um, I think if they lose on Saturday, then the next game is a, a must not lose game in a way. That becomes a must win game, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Jamie, as a City fan, what do you think most, most City supporters will be um, to be expecting from the game? Yeah, I mean, like David said, it's not the end of the world if we lose that, but I think um, if we do lose it, I think the the reaction from the fans will be, well, if we can't beat teams like Mansfield, then we've got no chance. Like, I think that's the sort of mindset some people will have. But, um, you know, it's, it is a tough really tough game and it's not going to affect the the playoff race I don't think you know if we lose we might slip out of the playoffs but um, you know would it matter in the long haul perhaps not I think as long as if we lose one we can't afford to lose another one you know it's important if you lose one you got to bounce back straight away which you know we seem to be quite good at recently you know um, I think of we lost to Plymouth, that drained everyone's confidence and then bounced back. Should have won on Notts County, but you know, Drew and then carried on that that final run. Um, but I think if you ask most City fans and myself included, I would take a point right now. Mm. What kind of meant, I mean, City obviously two draws in their last two, you know, a good draw away at Luton, a battling draw, and then a remarkable game with Yeovil, which. Mm. Um, a draw, but kind of, I guess, sort of a positive draw, almost giving it three 0 down. But yeah, so what kind of like mindset do you think they'll go into that game? Will they be, you know, looking for maximum points? Do you think that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, you know, we all know how good City's away record's been this season, which will give them the extra confidence. They'll probably set up the same way, which has worked for them in terms of sitting back, letting the home side play, and getting on the on the break. Um, you know, it's quite interesting how the form hasn't been great recently but then the same can be said for, for most teams around there you know Mansfield have stuttered a bit although they've won the last two so they're, they're on a high um, but you know we 
you know, it's been a while since we played them at home, but that was the first home win, and Mansfield were quite poor, I thought. I mean, Steve Evans had only just taken over, so it's obviously taken him time to um, to get used to his side. I think they were sort of near the bottom when he took over, and he really climbed them up the table, and obviously they hired someone with um, good experience of promotion. He did a, a Crawley and Rotherham, he got back-to-back promotions. So they've obviously hired him with, you know, Playoffs, um, the playoffs in mind. So obviously, Tisdale, who, as we know, is good friends with him, will be aware that you know they're obviously going to try and, and win. So, do they try and go for it as well? It's it's going to be a difficult one, yeah. David, how can you see Tis sort of tackling it in a tactical sense? Um, possibly, you know, it's a similar game to, to Luton and Portsmouth in that respect. It's it's a huge game all the way to a side who are doing quite well. So I think it could be. Similar sort of in, in the similar sort of game pattern to that, you know, keeping it tight early on, nicking a goal on the break, and then sort of trying to see the game out in that respect. Um, it's difficult. It's difficult to sort of know exactly what, what they're going to do because, you know, they could easily go out all guns firing, and you know, because they, they as Jamie said, Mansfield aren't aren't, aren't uh, weren't that good at home, so that sort sort of could cloud their judgment, I guess. But um, I th- I, to be honest, I can see them just keeping it tight um, and then uh, trying to nick something on the break. That's been the sort of basis for all their away games this season. So why why change it if it's not if it's not broken? Mm. Okay. Well, I'd like to call up with um, Paul Tisdale. So if we uh, have a quick listen to what um, what Tis has to say about the game. Well, it's exciting. I mean, I take take you back to the end of November when we're bottom of the league. This is a this is a pretty good situation, and we can decide or choose to be stressed and and you know anxious about this, or we can enjoy it and march into it and make the most of it. And I think we'll do the latter. I think we've had a we've come through all sorts of things this year. You know, we've had injury crisis, bottom of the league, all sorts of things have gone on off the pitch, and the squad is stuck together. It's um, it deserves it deserves this opportunity, this exciting finish to the season, and why not us? Why not? I mean, why not um, a place in the playoffs for us? We have to we have to go into every game. We were playing a really good team on Saturday in Mansfield, who had the same aspirations as us. And every game we'll play will be a big game from now on. And um, just have to, I think we have to relish it. And if we drop out of the playoffs, as long as it's not on the last day of the season, it doesn't matter. You know, we've got you know, there's always next week, and it's when we finish on the last game of the season at ten to five. That's what matters. So there'll be days when we think we've cracked it, we're there and everyone's happy, and other days we think we've blown it. And in both cases it won't be correct until the last day of the season. Mansfield, you mentioned them, solid at home. You're more than solid away from home. <laughs> so what do you reckon is going to have to give there on Saturday? I don't know, It's um, every game's different. It's League 2, it's, it's such a tight, um, absorbing league. You just don't know. You, um, you, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, we've looked at their videos now and since Steve Evans took over they've become a very, very, very effective, productive team and they're, they're, they're strong at home. They've made few defeats for their time um, at home and I think uh, you know, we just have to expect a really, really tough challenge and you know, I've said it a couple of times so I'm, you know, I'm not, uh, this is not new news but I've said that I, I think they'll be the dark horses, I really do. They've um, Steve has arrived there. He knows how to put a team together. It's no fool, and um, 
I'm, I'm just not surprised at all. They play, they play very, very attacking, progressive football, and uh, they look a good team to me. In terms of yourselves, I think it's most goals in the whole of the EFL in 2017, and uh, I think you've scored 15 more goals than Mansfield have, even though they're only a point behind you in the table. So, would you would you admit that sort of your resurgence in recent months has been goal-led? You know, and very much backs up the style that you play. That you know, you've not necessarily actively tightened up at the back, but you've just been freely scoring goals. Yeah, one comes with the other. It's it's so hard in football to um, to you know, detach the two. It's you, you, you defend from the front and you attack from the back and that the whole team has to be on the same page you, yeah we, we, we have wanted to, to, to get forward and play but you, you know it's it's not something we've we've spoken about let's go score more goals we try to score goals all the time you know it's we just want the team to be fluid and all action and there'll be days we get it wrong there'll be days we get it right but on the whole we've if you look back over the last four months I think we've put it right more than we've got it wrong and uh, we have to hope we can do that over the next seven games too How are you shaping up in, you know, in terms of personnel ahead of the game? Well we've got the, the obvious injuries Robbie Simpson uh, Lee Holmes now Craig Woodman added to that list um, all, all uh, you know, a real shame in, in terms of that they all would play a part in most teams that I would select so all three are out um, but we've got a good squad it's the first time we've had a, a squad with depth and maybe it's not Always the team, the team I choose, but we've got we've we've got no reason why we should go into the game and think uh, you know we underestimate our chance, and I think we've got a chance in any game, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll think that positively going into Saturday. Craig Woodman's had such an impressive season um, at left back, and I know after one game in December you sort of really praised him and sort of compared him to, to Franz Beckenbauer, and, and even made that sort of um, mention about him playing with a broken arm. Is it just? A massive irony one of the cruel things in football but then he goes and I presume it is a broken arm but he's now got isn't it yeah I'll, I'll keep you know maybe I won't mention that next time um, <laughs> but he uh, I mean he, he's, he's he's as tough as old boots Craig so I wouldn't put it past him you know he, he, he I don't think he's I've rarely seen someone break, the, break their arm um, so clearly and, and literally not much not much of a word he's um He's going to be out for a while. We don't know how long. I mean, there'll be a time when he could, you know, he could wear maybe a splint or whatever. You, you, I'm not sure the rules are these days, but you know, yeah. Gary Lineker style in the, the World Cup. I mean, it, it, who knows what's possible? But for the, for the moment, he's out. He's going to be out for a while, and uh, we have to use the squad. Yeah, I saw the picture of Beckenbauer design. It looks so unnatural, doesn't it? Playing football with that sort of action. So I suppose you've got to be careful in all seriousness. But yeah, I know it's an arm and not a, not a foot, but. But just that it's it's well enough, and I know you want to get him back as quickly as he possible. He won't be playing in a sling. Well, it's going to be a while yet. <laughs> and uh, so, apart from those three players, I think it was that you mentioned, you're shaping up pretty well. You say? Oh yeah. I mean, let's let's wait till Monday to decide how we look at the next one. I think it's just week by week, and the physio's job, the support staff's job, to get everyone fit and ready every week. Pick the best team, or the most appropriate team we can we can. Um, we can decide upon and go into battle and that's how we'll uh, look at every game and we've got to get everyone fit every week and uh, you know decisions will then be left to me to pick on the team but um, everyone's okay and Dave you've also um, heard that we've also got some um, some quotes from um, Steve Evans and uh, an interesting one Steve Evans because we mentioned this earlier but he by the, well, 
by the sounds of it, actually made an approach for Ollie Watkins a little while ago, didn't he? Do you want to sort of shed, cast a bit of light on that and tell us what you know? Yeah, well, as far as I'm aware, in January they made a 350 gram bid for, well, at the time they said an unknown player, an unnamed player. It was Ollie Watkins. Um, and it was a case of, uh, you know, that it would have been the club record bid. And, um, you know, they never, obviously, Steve Evans never confirmed it was Ollie Watkins, but. Um, it was sort of quite widely known it was Ollie Watkins but then uh, speaking ahead of the game uh, on Saturday he has actually said uh, speaking for the media he said we tried to buy one of those players and they're full of talent talking about a City player well, I think that basically confirms it was Ollie Watkins well, I mean we need that anyway but uh, it's an interesting one because although uh, although most City fans laughed 350 grand out of the out of the door because it's a, a ridiculously low offer for Ollie Watkins Especially when he's being limp with moves to Championship and Premier League clubs, I, I don't know why he'd want to go to Mansfield anyway. But um, I think it's you know it, it's a, it's an interesting one because three hundred fifty grand to a League Two club is a big offer. It's not you know that's not um, you know a Championship club thinking oh we'll try and get him on the cheap. It's it's obviously a big offer for Mansfield, but I think they were just being unrealistic with the player they were going after. Do you think they actually expected to be successful with that bid? I mean. It- it's difficult, you know, because of City's um, uh, financial problems in the past. Perhaps they thought, you know, they might want to make a quick buck and then we can sell Ollie Watkins for much more in the summer. Because Steve Evans did, uh, did speak about this player and said he's got brilliant sort of resale value as well. They'll make they'll make a profit on the three, 350 grand. So maybe they underestimated how strong City's finances are at the moment and thought, you know, if we can get in there and make a quick you know, give City 350 grand because they'll accept that because they don't have any money. Mm. Whereas City are looking and thinking, hang on, even in, even in January there were reports of bids of two, up to £2 million for him. So City are thinking, hang on, why are we going to accept 350 grand in January? We can accept, accept, accept much more in January. So um, I think, uh, I think they weren't, I think they probably weren't expecting to get him, but uh, I think they were just sort of chanting their arm, I guess. Mm-hmm. And just the way it was done, in, it, it was all sort of done in public as well, which is always a bit of a strange one. I mean, I, I suppose it is a case of perhaps trying to upset the apple cart a little, that sort of thing, and maybe even just saying to their fans, look, we're trying to be ambitious by buying Ollie Watkins when it was never going to pay off. Mm-hmm. Well, we also, um, Stephen's coach, we, we, we've talked in the past about how well he gets on with Paul Tisdale, which mm. always seems a slightly unlikely friendship, doesn't it? But, um, yeah, Jamie, what do you make of that, I guess? Yeah, the complete opposites, I mean, yeah. in terms of, <laughs> I know, dress sense, I mean, you know, Steve Evans, just see him in a tracksuit normally, <laughs> or a sombrero, and, you know, we all know what Tisdale's um, fashion sense is like. Yeah, it's a really strange one, but um, I don't think I've ever heard a manager not compliment Tisdale and say that they're you know good friends I mean you know he does seem one of those that he'll um, have a chat with him before the game maybe have a, a drink afterwards as well we saw it with you know Jurgen Klopp when he bought him a, a hat didn't he so yeah it's quite interesting how managers most um, opposition managers going into the game against Exeter City always praise um, Tisdale and you know, they always mention his achievements, a style of football. Um, but yeah, I've no, no idea with <laughs> Evans, no real history between. I don't know how many times we've really played his sides. Do you know yeah, where it goes been... back to, David? Uh, 
by all accounts, there was a game, I think it was Leeds, uh, or it might have been Rotherham. Yeah, I think it was Rotherham, uh, when when Steve was, was at Rotherham, and, uh, and Paul Tisdale was at Exeter, obviously, and they played each other. I think it was Rotherham, I honestly can't remember, but... Um, uh, after the game, Paul Tizel was quite uh, was quite sort of, I think City won one nil or something like that. But Paul Tizel said, you know, we didn't deserve anything; they were the better side, that sort of thing, and quite quite gushing in his praise for the way Rotherham put them under pressure and stuff like that. And I think Steve Evans is just is just not used to people being kind to him, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. Yeah. So they sort of formed an unlikely bond from that, really. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there we go. You heard it here first. But, yeah. um, well, in terms of City on the pitch, I mean, we touched on it on uh, in the last podcast, but obviously Craig Woodman, he looks like he's going to be out for a little bit with a broken arm. I mean, we don't know any lot more about just how long he might be out for. No, nothing yet. I think um, they have to wait probably until midway through next week. To see how the um, how the bonus set that is the sort of main first obstacle to overcome, so he's definitely going to be out on Saturday, um, and then it's a case of waiting and seeing if he can play with the cart or not. To be honest, I think I think the way City seem to be looking at are is he's going to be out for the rest of the season, but if he's back, it's a bonus, and I think that's probably the correct way to to look at it. To be honest, how mm-hmm. oh, uh, Jamie, how big a blow do you think it would be if if Woodman was out for that long? Yeah, I mean, I said the other day, he's been one of City's best players this season. Um, certainly the most improved player I've seen since he's he's been in now for a few years. Always got, you know, a fair bit of stick and still does sometimes, but he's really upped his game um, tremendously. And, you know, obviously he's well experienced. He's, um, you know, like I say, he's been in the club for a while now, so he obviously knows um, his best attributes. Um so yeah, he actually, you know, I don't think most people would have said this when you know a few years ago, but he would be a, a big loss, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. And Jake Taylor as well. He's got a was it a shin injury? Bang to the shin. Yeah, well. he took a blow to the shin against Yeovil, which is why he went off after about is he wearing shin pads. I, I, I think so. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Actually, that's yeah, a good point. A must have been a hefty one. Yeah, certainly. And um, yeah, they're not. Again, it's a case of not being too sure about that. Um, Paul Tizza said he could miss one or two games, so uh, it's not going to be long term. But I think it renders him as a bit of a doubt for for Saturday as well, which, again, like Woodman, is a, is a big miss. Mm. Who can you see sort of stepping into replacement? You think? Uh, difficult, really. I, I guess um, probably Jordan Tilson. He would be the sort of you, know, you look at it and you think Jordan Tilson playing against the Oval. He's played against. He, you know, he played quite well against Cheltenham as well. Um, so it's a case of you know him just stepping in, and then sort of playing the tried and tre- uh, tested away formation, which is about well, four two three one in a way with uh, Wheeler and Harley on the wing. So it shouldn't really make too much of a difference, but they will miss sort of Taylor's energy and and also versatility in there as well. Mm-hmm. Well, one player who may well. Um be coming in at the weekend possibly is uh, Connor Riley Lowe obviously in, in place of Woodman let's, um, Dave's caught up with him so let's have a listen to what he has to say I mean, don't get me wrong it's, uh, it's a shame for Woody he's been he's been top like he's been class this year I've got to give it to him um, so exactly. um, <laughs> but no he's, he's been top notch and I've just got to be ready I guess whatever happens and has uh, been like going out on loan to Truro help with that as well yeah um had a good month down at Truro, um, really enjoyed it, um, got a few games, so um, I just wanted to come back and, and challenge for a place here and 
No, Woody's injured. I mean, I see what the manager says and just got to keep going and be ready, ready for when I'm needed, really. And has it been sort of uh, an interesting experience to sort of go from a club who, who you know, national, in the National League South, struggling at the bottom to coming back to a, a League Two side who are, who are sort of challenging for the playoffs at the moment? Yeah, I mean, to go to Truro was good because I was getting match fitness and game time, so it was an excellent month for me, really. Um, and to be honest, it's, it's nice to be in around a bit of a different environment, um, especially with them struggling, so points were, points were needed. So it was, it was a little bit different to playing reserve games where sometimes it's a bit more about development but when down there you, you knew you got to get the points so it was, it was a good month I enjoyed it and a bit different to last year um, for when I was down there but, but I'm back now so hopefully challenge for a space and obviously you mentioned you were there last year and, and under Steve Tully I actually had a question on Twitter from uh, from Ollie I think it was asking how Steve Tully's management style is sort of differs to Tiz's uh, style or, or sort of similar to it <laughs> um, I would say oh, that's a good question actually <laughs> You see bits of Tolls come out in Tiz because obviously Tolls was here and Tiz and I think I think as a player when you go into management you, you take different different uh, styles from everyone else but no he's definitely his, his own manager and he was um, he was a strong manager he, he knew what he wanted to say he knew what the plan was he knew what he wanted to get across to the players so I think that really helped last year with everyone was on the same page we all knew what we had to do. Um, and that's why we were successful, really. I think last year. And uh, obviously with Wayne Carlisle last year as well, you must be pleased to see him come yeah. to see this season. Yeah, obviously Wayne's been taking our training sessions, um, so it's been good to, to be with him. He, uh, Wayne, I've got a lot of time for Wayne. He, he helps me out a lot, and um, especially last year being down at Truro helped me. And now he's here. It's obviously another face to, to get tips off and, and to learn from him, really. And uh, just looking ahead to this weekend, it's a pretty big game with the way that Lee was lying. Yeah, yeah, big game. I mean, it's just it's just the next game, I guess, isn't it? So, um, can only look to the next game and we'll go there and hopefully, hopefully get the three points. And does that become sort of more difficult this stage of the season, sort of taking it game by game when when the sort of points are, are sort of so meaningful with with only seven games left now? Is, is it sort of more difficult to sort of just look at the game and take it game in hand rather than sort of uh, sort of look at the league table? I think it is. I mean, when it gets so close in the season, everyone sort of look at the table. How many points have we got to get to? It? I mean, but I think if you just take it game at a time. Just do it, do your best. Obviously, try and get as many points as you can. And I'm sure at the end of the day, we'll, we'll be there or thereabouts. Right now, and um, final point we we're going to um, just touch on quickly is sort of the playoff picture generally. I mean, as we said, Exeter City in seventh place on, on 59 points. David, how far down the table do you think you have to go before you sort of come across a team that you don't think is in with a, a shout to the playoffs? It's all pretty congested there, isn't it? Yeah, I think you'd probably go down to about. 12th in Cambridge who are five points behind City at the moment and you, you prob- they're probably looking at thinking there's still a good opportunity to get into the playoffs here I think at Crington below that uh, on 52 points seven points off, off the playoffs probably a little too far away because they've really got to make up a point a game haven't they if, if they want to get mm-hmm. in um, so yeah I think um Cambridge in 12th is, is where it cuts off and you know they, City have got a trip to Cambridge in a couple of weeks and that could be a, another big game with Cambridge thinking especially if City is still in the playoffs at that point <coughs> Cambridge thinking oh if we can gain some ground here that would be good um, yeah but it's so congested that you know there are so many teams I mean I've, I've ruled out Hackrington there but I'm sure they're looking at you perhaps thinking you know because they're in some really good form I'm, I'm beating them in 10 um, I'm sure they're thinking, oh, if we can string a couple of results here, there's there's still a possibility. So it's 
it's just shaping up to an incredible finish, I think. And there'll be so much to play for in the final game of the season. Jim, do you agree with that? You think 12th, 12th place Cambridge, anyone below that? You think for us? Possibly Accrington, just given their form, you know, and being a 10, as David said, but again, they would have to have got a lot of ground to make up. I mean, depends who they have to play. I mean, if they've got to play some of the, the teams around there, then that would be obviously a chance to to close the gap. Um, it's just fascinating. You've got 10 points separating 4th to 14th. It's crazy, the, the playoff race. It really is. I mean, it's anyone's game is who's going to uh, be in there. You know, you'd be a brave man to, to predict the, you know, the playoff places right now. Um, you know, like we said before, it's quite interesting how no one, you know, around there from Luton down to Cambridge is really in top form at the moment, and yet the, you know, the the gap is so so small there. Um, I think it just takes, you know, you can get a couple wins together, all of a sudden, you know, you're up there, you know, mm. a couple defeats, <laughs> and you're down there. So, I think goal difference as well is going to play a really big part. I mean, you know, City looking strong with 16, Carlisle minus two. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be quick to rush rule out, um, you know, Grimsby and Atkinson just mm. yet, yeah, seven points. It's not too big a gap. I, mm. I guess um, I mean, a team like City, not that they're in bad form, but they'd probably you know, bite your arm off for the uh, kind of form that Accrington are at the moment, aren't, wouldn't they? You know, so um, mm. David, how much stock do you place in that? So the team on a good run at the moment? Uh, it is a cliche, but the team on the good run always do sneak in there. And I think at the moment that's Blackpool who've been in, in brilliant form, but there's no no reason why another team can't sneak in there as well. And I think it's it also is a boost to go into the playoffs in that form as well. You, you know, you go in absolutely flying, you know, and sort of just creeping into the playoffs. You're going to be high morale compared to you know a team who've lost a few games in the running and. But because because they had their sort of playoff place confirmed a while ago or something like that, and you think, hang on, the team in good form is going to be the favourites there. So it's 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 an interesting one. I think it's a team will always sort of sneak in. I think perhaps that is Blackpool now rather than Accrington. But as Jamie said, it's not seven points. Isn't it's it's surmountable, but it's getting to the stage in the season where it's a little little too far for, to go. I think. So in that respect, I think Blackpool are the team who are the form team who are going to be the ones that. Or not even sneak in there because now and there were seven games to go, but they're the ones that are, I think are the teams to sort of watch out for now. I think, mm. especially as I think Blackpool were really struggling at the start of the the season. I mean, we all know they've got plenty of off the field problems with the owners and fan protests, but you know Gary Bowyer's got in there, and it's quite interesting how um, when we played Blackpool and you know you know uh, came back from two 0 down to draw. Uh, read in the last minute again and I saw that as a bad point but come the end of the season it could actually be a, a really good one against them mm. Is there any team of the four teams in those player spots alone Stevenage, Blackpool, Luton and Exeter City is there anyone Jamie that you'd, you know, you'd really like to avoid in those? Uh, uh, it's difficult because you know form counts for nothing really in the playoffs I think um, like I said I didn't think Blackpool were a great side when we played them a few weeks ago at the park. I think at the time they were a mid-table team, didn't really have much to play for. Um, Luton could be a, a really good game. We've had some good tests against them recently. Um, you know, they've got decent players like 
Danny Hilton, who's scored a few against us. Um, Stevenage, the way they're going at the moment with um, Matt Gooden, you know, he's absolutely flying at the moment. So, I don't know, I don't think there's anyone I'd really not want to face at the moment. David, you've had a good look at most of the teams in the division in, in the playoffs, in or maybe even just outside the playoffs, are you, you really want to see City come up against? I think probably Luton, you know, they do look, they are a strong side and they, they do sort of put you under quite a bit of pressure with, with Danny Hilton up front. And uh, I think, you know, to play that, I think, in fact, having seen them a few weeks ago, I think if City played them in a two-legged affair, I think it'd be a cracking game. Both games would be cracking matches. But it's the sort of thing where it'd be so tight that you wouldn't really know it's a toss of a coin, I think, but that sort of thing. I think playing against someone like Stevenage, where City have perhaps played a lot better against them, you know, they beat them away from home with only 10 men. And they they drew at home in in a, in a decent game. I think look at someone like Stephen. I think City would have stand a much better chance. To be honest, I think that, I think it comes down to style of play as well. And I think Luton's style of play, where it's quite physical, quite in your face, I think would probably be something City perhaps wouldn't want to face. You know, until perhaps the final, where it's a bit different, I guess. Mm. Yeah, obviously with that losing that home advantage, you know, potentially in the final, would uh, make all the difference. Brilliant stuff. Okay, well, thanks very much for joining us for the uh, Grecian's Gossip, and uh, we'll have another podcast for you shortly.